Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, so um, most of you here know that I study Hebrew and um, I like to look at the origin of words. Like sometimes I'll read something and it just blows my mind, right? So um, I was studying and um, usually a, a Hebrew word has three root letters. The vowel markings go underneath. So I was studying and I stumbled across a word and then looked at the root meaning and just blew my mind. So we all know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? When you translate peace into Hebrew, it's shalom. So you're talking about three letters. You're talking about the sh, the shin, the lamed and the mem, three letters. Um, the shin, originally in the Paleo-Hebrew, that was very much like hieroglyphics, um, had a meaning, and it looked different from what it looks now. When you look at it now, it looks pretty much like a, um, a, a W. But back then, in the day when they created um, the Paleo-Hebrew, it looks like two teeth. It was like three straight lines and line underneath. It was called the shin. And it basically means teeth or biting in or destroy. So that's the first letter. The second letter in the word shalom is the lamed. Now the lamed is the word for a shepherd's staff. It means authority. So you've got two letters. Last letter is the mem. Now mem has three meanings. Um, it used to be a little um, zigzag. It used to mean chaos. It used to mean water. And it used to mean blood. So when you look at the word shalom, you're actually saying that um, your authority. Yeah. So you're Stop. destroying the authority of chaos. Now just think about it, right? If you're in chaos, you don't have peace. Yeah. Right? That's what we're called to. Peacemakers. Prince of Peace is actually called to destroy chaos. I looked at it and it just blew my mind. I was like, it makes so much sense that the word peace came from that. Blew my mind. Jesus is the prince that destroys chaos in our lives. And I thought, the more whole we become, the more we can transition from glory to glory, the more we destroy that chaos inside of us, amen? Like the wrong thinking, the wrong habits, you just get more into that destruction of chaos in your own life. Because you can say that you weren't, like you're, you're not today who you were like a year ago, right? Or a year before that. You've actually overcome chaos in your life and you're continuously doing that. So when you're called to be a peacemaker, you're called to bring that atmosphere in. The destruction yeah. of chaos. Yeah. Everywhere so you good. go. Like, is it blowing your mind as well? <laughs> I, I'm just getting goosebumps saying it. It's very encouraging. Oh, when you walk into a room, you're the one that's called to destroy the chaos mm-hmm. in that room. Yeah. Wow. Alright, so to stay here, I, I really feel the Lord's on this. Um, anybody who would like right now to just step into a place where any chaos in their life is destroyed by the shalom of heaven, I want you to just 
stand up where you are. And I'm going to ask Shek to just come around and just take a few moments and just pray over you. Um, and of course, if yeah, if if that's if that's you, then I'm just going to I'm just going to play something in the background. Just let Shek just come and minister for a few minutes. Father, we just want to give you thanks and praise for your shalom, your goodness, O oh God, the authority that breaks chaos. Wow. So good, God. We just, we just come before you now and we ask, Lord, that you would release a word into our heart that just solidifies the truth of what we are called to walk in in this life. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yes, thank you, Sheik. That's amazing. You want to say something else? <laughs> I love it when I start to see something in the spirit. Yes, yes. I was just starting this to die. Bear with me because I get drunk in the spirit. But I started to see the presence of God hover over you. And I feel like the Lord's going to take you to a really deep place. I could feel the glory of God, the weighty glory of God resting on you. And I feel like the Lord, he just wants you to rest in him. Like there's this like, um, just lying on the floor under the glory. Like, oh man, I'm trying to find the words, but I could feel it and see it. Um, it's like resting on you almost like a carpet, like a, a blanket. Just the glory, weighty glory of God resting on you. So, yeah. I feel like when I see that, I just don't want to just, you know. Walk away. Yeah. yeah. So, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that she's entering into it, that I can, an even deeper place. I feel like she knows you already. 
at a very deep level, but I feel like you want to do even more. And like just we rest on her with the cabal of glory. Like during worship, like I just I get these weird sensations where I see, feel, sense stuff, and um, sometimes I find it very difficult to find the words for it. But um, in worship, on the right side of me, I could feel this vibration, and it reminded me of um, you know, like how you stand in front of the oven and you have an oven, like a chicken in the oven, and you look at it and you see the air move, like a like a quivering. And, um, like a mirage in yeah, the desert. Yeah. yeah, like just that quivering. And I thought, it's almost like standing on the other side of that oven door and seeing like an incredible heat from the Holy Spirit and knowing that you're very close to breaking through um, into some. See, even now I can actually feel my hand heat up. So, because I feel it on that side. <laughs> you know the three that met Jesus in the oven? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. And yet they were saved because they were in that glory realm. There's something about entering into God in a very deep place of worship where you feel that vibration. Mm. And um, I feel like God's about to do something. And I feel like you're going to grasp it, Dad. I feel like you know what I'm talking about. And the Lord's going to, I can feel it right now, but like the Lord's going to take it to a deep place like it's like a compassion breaking your heart for the things of Christ thing where you're under that weighty glory of God like it's just it's a beautiful place it's actually an honor to be there like I'm just moved because oh my gosh it's an honor to be ushered into the intimate place of worship of God like it's a holy place amen so Lord I know that you want to take us to a deeper place I don't, I don't care about being an oddball church. I don't care about doing stuff different from other churches, but I know that you want to take us to a deep place. And that's where we want to go, Lord. We want to go to that deeper sanctuary of holiness and glory and usher in your presence, your vibration of like glory, of hate, of um, change. There's something about an oven where it has to heat up. Mm. When it's in there, it has to heat up. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll bring, um, maybe for some of us, bring it back or bring us into a deeper place of experiencing your fire and your glory and your holiness in Jesus' name. Yeah, so that we can open that oven door and be familiar with the heat of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, send your fire. Lord, we're in this Salvers building, and I know that they've had an ethos of, like, send your fire again, and it used to be a massive revival song. And I just pray for that heritage. Send your fire again, Lord. Yeah, send your fire again. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Like Di said, Lord, give us a deeper hunger for the deeper things of God. For the prophetic, for the breakthrough, for the supernatural holiness of God. Where we just want to linger in your presence, Lord. Yeah. Lord, we want to come to a place where we're servant-hearted, where we wash your feet. Servant-hearted people that have laid down their lives before you, Lord. 
where you breathe through us. be honest, I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> I just, I want to pause for a minute because I just want to make sure that the Holy Spirit's not saying, oh, I've given you an invitation into something right now and you're, you're just too eager to get on with the sermon. <laughs> so I just want to wait and see if he's really going to usher us into something or is he just preparing our hearts for another day. So let's just stay right there for a minute and just see what he says. <laughs> Jesus. Shalom, the authority that breaks chaos. To be honest, that blew me away today. So I'd never heard that before. So no wonder that Jesus said, when you go to a house, take your peace. Take the authority that breaks the authority of chaos. Take the, the shepherd's staff that breaks the authority of chaos. And if they want it, leave it there. If they don't, take it back and go wipe your feet on the mat on the way out the door. You're going to find another house that will accept this authority, this shalom, this message of love. Do you know that God wants us to live in abundant life? How many people know that? That that's Jesus' absolute desire for us, to live in abundance. Do you remember that incredible passage of Scripture in John chapter 10? Where Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Like, if Jesus makes a promise, a declaration like that, it's got to be true, right? It's got to be true. And so it's often not until we start unpacking the reality of some of these things that we've known forever. We've talked about peace. We've, we've known the word shalom. But until you unpack it and you go, oh, wow. Because... John 10.10, which says, I have come that you, might, you may have life, and life more abundantly. The very first part of that, that passage, it says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Chaos. Yeah? Chaos. 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and life abundantly. Wow. And so this peace, this shalom is there to break whatever the thief has been up to, and to restore life, life abundantly. Yeah? That is just incredible. Did you know that that little cameo where Jesus talks about that is directly after he's just healed a guy, an incredible healing, like a miracle healing. And the, the Pharisees are all got their knickers in a knot about it, like they always had. What can we learn from that? What, what is Jesus ushering us into? What is he calling us out of and into? And the question that is left in my mind as I read this passage in John chapter 10, which we'll read together in just a minute, is how do we position ourselves in such a place that we can live abundantly, live life as Jesus intended us to live? How do we get in that place where this incredible life is so full have you ever thought, you know, man, I just, I want to have a full life. But then, you ever had those moments where you just look at all the stuff, you know? You look at the bills in the fridge, you look at the relationship chaos in certain areas of your life. You look at other things that are going on personally. You look at what's happening at the workplace or in the community that you're a part of. And you feel like, where's the abundant life that Jesus wanted us to live and to have and to experience. And I want to unpack that a little bit tonight. I feel like there's an extension of that thought about the peace that Jesus brings, that brings us into a place where we can live full and to and and out of that fullness, out of the fatness, as it were, that we can live this incredible life, this journey with God from a place of peace rather than from a place of chaos. Because I've met so many people over the years who have tried to live the Christian life and to do all the things and they get excited about Jesus when he says, if you believe in me, you'll do what I've been doing and greater things shall you do. And they, they hear of revivals and they have, hear of amazing stories of God and they're trying to live all that, but they're living from a place of chaos. And so their foundation doesn't allow them to enjoy all that God has for them. And so what we need to do is come back to the, the author of the whole thing and say, what did you mean? What is it that you are really inviting us into? And so I want us to have a look at that tonight. Let's have a look at John 10. And I want to read verses 1 to 16. Says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, 
He goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, I'm just going to pause there for a moment. That's the first five verses. And just go back to the context again. He had just healed someone with a miraculous healing. Yeah? And he's demonstrating what he had declared. Remember that day when he was in the synagogue and he opened up the scripture? He was given the, the, the scroll and he opened it up to Isaiah. And he said, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember that passage? It's, um, it's recorded in Luke. Now, if we have a quick read of that passage, Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus read, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. And here he is demonstrating what that looks like by taking someone who's physically handicapped and bringing them into wholeness, physically, yeah? It's a physical miracle. And the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, who were really caught up in their own little world and not listening to God. I mean, the voice of God hadn't been heard in Israel for 400 years. There had been no significant prophet in that period. The, the whole of the, the, the camp had moved so significantly away from leaning in and listening to the Holy Spirit that they had leaned into a place where it was all about rules and it was all about the law and the extrapolation of the law and all the little minute details and their whole life was messed up. And these people were ruling the roost with their, their robes and their... their doctrines and their, you know, and we see that even today in some portions of the church where, where people use Christianity and the rules and, and, and the, the authority that they're given by a group of people who are called their congregation, who somehow revere them to the point where they can say whatever they want and do whatever they want and get away with it. And it's not the heart of God. And, and Jesus, he's seeing all this and he wants to identify something. Very important. And so in the context of that, he says, anyone who enters the sheepfold by anything other than the door is a robber and a thief. The motive, the, the spirit behind all these other methods, these ways are wrong. And here he's using a very simple, rudimentary um, story about sheep. It just makes so much sense because have you ever seen a sheep riding a Harley? Unless in a cartoon, you know. Do, do, you ever, do you ever seen a sheep walking around with gold chains around their neck and like going, whoa, I've got the best pad, man. You know, my sheep pen is the best. No, they've just got a sheep pen. And they're either safe or they're not. They're either with their shepherd or they're not with their shepherd. They're either, they've either got food in their belly or they don't have food in their belly. There's either grass in the paddock or there's not grass in the paddock. They don't need much to be satisfied. 
Everything that a sheep needs is provided for them by a good shepherd. Yeah? So a shepherd has set up a sheep pen. There's only one way in and one way out. One door. Any, anything that else that comes in other than the shepherd who knows the sheep and the sheep know the shepherd is a thief and a destroyer, Jesus is saying. And so, you know, and so the, the context is, what is it that goes after sheep? Snakes, foxes, wolves, lions, bears maybe. Sorry? Flies. <laughs> flies, yeah. Well, maybe they could get in. But here's the thing, right? You've got the sheep pen. And these sheep pens are pretty safe places for the sheep to be. The shepherd would come home, come, come back from a day out in the pastures, put the sheep in the sheep pen, and then he can, he's not a 24-7 shepherd all the time. He goes home to his family. You know, a lot of them. Some of them, obviously, if they don't have a sheep pen, they've got to stay with their sheep. But these guys, they have a pen. So they put the sheep away for the night. They've got somebody who clocks on and goes, right, I'm the doorkeeper. The only person who's coming in and out of this door is the shepherd. Because he owns these sheep, right? But he's the hireling. He's the guy. He, and the shepherd goes home to his family. And in the morning, he gets up and he comes out and goes, hey, sheepies. <laughs> and they're like, I know that voice. <laughs> and... And here we have this incredible story, this monologue that Jesus is displaying, which is so simple. I love that about this because we can identify with the sheep and the abundant life that he's about to talk about if we understand what this situation is. Not like today's farmers. You know, they got a a thousand acre paddock and uh, they chuck all the sheep out there and the foxes come in at night you do the rounds because I used to my uncle used to run a farm and we used to go out there and in the mornings we'd go for a run in the, and, and do, a, do a fence line run with the ewe and we'd find the dead sheep because they'd been picked off by the foxes or they'd been picked off by you know the crows or whatever and so then we'd have to take them throw them in the back of the ewe and dump them in a big pit somewhere and then every now and then at night we'd go out with our guns do a paddock bashing night and, 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 and with spotlight and we'd try and knock off a few foxes or a few, you know, few vermin that were out to kill the sheep. So that was the life of the farmer that we knew. Not like a shepherd who would go out and spend the whole day with his sheep, bring them back, he'd look after them. So what Jesus is identifying is sheep that are being looked after by a shepherd who have everything that they need. Their tummies are fed. They've got a roof over their head. They're safe. They're secure. They're loved. They're in community. But verse 6, they didn't understand what he was talking about. So he had to extrapolate a little bit more. Jesus, verse 6 says, used this illustration, but they did not understand the things that he spoke of. So then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He goes a little bit further now. I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. I love verse 10. It's one of my favorite verses. The thief comes not except to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I love that. Abundant life, yeah? And then he goes in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he is not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, so even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Isn't it interesting that in the midst of this sheep story, he talks about the father? Because right? he's, st- he's trying to help them identify something. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my father and my father knows me. And he's talking about God the Father. So he's trying to connect them in with this story to something greater. Yeah. And then there are other sheep, he said, that are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. See, the others that he's talking about is us. Yeah. He's bringing us in. He's brought us in. So we're part of the sheepfold and he's the shepherd. Isn't that awesome? Now, abundant life. How do we set ourselves up to be able to experience this abundant life so that we're not functioning out of chaos? We're not in a situation where we're constantly under the threat of the thief. Steal, kill, destroy um, Peter said we've got to be vigilant, yeah? Do you remember that, that verse in 1 Peter, uh, what was it? First, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversity, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And then uh, Ephesians, and Paul talks in Ephesians about this battle that we're in. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, right? The thief. The one who's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The one who comes to steal, kill, destroy. Yeah? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your neighbour. It's not against your boss. It's not against... You know, the people who badmouth you, it's not against the ones who persecute you, even. It's against the spirit behind this definite opposition. It's, it's, it's a power that functions behind people and situations to create chaos in your life. And it's not about the people themselves, although they might be partnering with it. It's not really about them because if they're in their right mind and they they turned to Christ and loved him, they would be forgiven just as quickly as you were and would be transformed and transfixed into the likeness of Christ just as we are being, yeah? So not one person on the planet is so evil that they are literally your enemy. It's the enemy behind the person who acts as an enemy. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness in the world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Stand firm then, having girded your loins with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take the shield of faith wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God, and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. So Paul is talking about a battle. Jesus is talking about a thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. Peter is talking about an adversary that we have to have our eyes open to and awake up to. But the promise of Jesus and all of these conversations are not about the fight. They're about us being able to walk into our destiny. But the fight is there. You can't avoid the fight. You can't avoid the devil. You can't avoid the thief. Because that's what he does. That's his job description. And he's after us. So, But here's the thing. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So our focus not, ought not be on the fight. Our focus ought not be on the devil. Our focus ought not be on the thief. But upon, on the abundant life that we're called to. So how do we get to the place where our focus is right. So that we're living abundant life. And defeating the enemy who comes against us. Because Paul talks about the need to be vigilant and to have our armour on. Peter talks about the need to be vigilant. Jesus talks about the devil that comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the promises of abundant life and, and living in Christ and the fullness thereof are there. And a lot of people get caught in the, in the fight and never get to live abundant. And what I want to do today is establish that we can and we ought to and that we have a promise that we are drawn into. That we should be able to step into this place. So I want us to have a look at our own lives for a minute. And so this is in figurative. I'll give you an example of how I would do it and then you can do the same in your own life. So you might have a list. On one side you've got a list of all the abundant situations in your life where the, the things in your life that you would go yep tick the box that would equate to abundant life yeah i've got an amazing marriage i've got i've just bought a house um i have my bills are being paid i've got a good job my kids are healthy i tick all the boxes on that side say abundant 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 yeah now on this is a less than abundant you know list the not-so-abundant list. And I'm sure that we could all, if we have a good look at our lives, we could all find something that at some stage, even, at, even if it's only the first point of call, you know, that, that really bad bill comes in. We put that in the not-so-abundant. Maybe we might think about that for a few moments and go, you know what, God's got that. And we switch it from this side to that side. <laughs> no, it goes into the abundant column because I know my God and he's my helper and he's my source of strength. But what happens if that stays there? What happens if that broken relationship stays over here? What happens if that anger is crept in? What happens if that trauma is there that's from 20 years ago that's still just sitting there and is festering because every now and then we get pressed at that point in that little trigger and the anger comes back up and the fear comes back up and the, and the, the confusion comes back in when we start to think of who we are in Christ and we're not quite there yet and we just don't know. And we question our salvation and we're stuck in, in, in certain situations in our life. And, and so we've got all these things that we could list over on this side, which is the not-so-abundant lifestyle. So we've got fear, we've got anxiety, we've got depression, we've got um, anger, we've got pride, we've got lust, we've got greed, we've got 
all the things which, you, which, which if you listed them, they would equate to what the enemy has done in stealing your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control. All those gifts of the Spirit that may have been stolen by the thief because he's impregnated a thought, he's impregnated your mind with something that you've agreed with. At some point, whether knowingly or unknowingly, or someone's done something to you and you haven't been able to let it go. And it might be that you've been sitting on something for a long time and you're waiting for that moment where you're just going to sort it out. But God says, no, that has become a, a crux. That has become an issue. That's become an entry point for the enemy into your life. And so you have the not-so-abundant list and the abundant list. And what God wants us to do is to live in such a way that everything on the not-so-abundant list gets checked off as dealt with. I have no fear. You know, and so we come back, we've even got scripture, you know. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Okay, let's check that one off. We don't live in fear anymore. And you check that off, and the spirit of fear has no place in us. The thief has no place in our sheep pen, has no place in our community, has no place in my life. No man, woman, child, or demon has a right to come into my life and become my accuser. But the enemy will author it and try and get away with it. And it's up to me what I do with that. Is my focus on the good shepherd or is it my focus on the bad situation? <laughs> you see, and that'll determine where we're Camped. Are we camped in abundance or are we camped in lack? And if we're camped in lack, how can we possibly go about ministering and doing all the amazing things that God has called us to if we've got all this stuff that we haven't dealt with? Because every time we step up to the plate, you know, and I'm talking, you know, maybe baseball analogy, you know, got the, the and you want to hit the home and you know, but every time you step up to the plate, it's like you're hampered. I don't have the freedom to swing the bat. And God says, no, that's not how we're meant to live. You're meant to live in abundance. But what does abundance look like? It doesn't look like raging prosperity. Because why? Because Jesus talked about sheep. Abundance is having a roof over your head. Having Safety, being a part of a community where you're safe, where you're loved, where you know that everything's okay. Being under a good shepherd. Now, I'm not talking about the pastor of your church, by the way. Jesus is the good shepherd. We are to be imitators of Jesus, but every single one of us has a responsibility to be a follower of Jesus. I know Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But he's just identifying something. I'm following Christ, he says, with all of my heart, with everything I have. Imitate that. Imitate that. Go after Christ with as much eagerness, with as much passion, with as much energy, and as much focus as I am. That's what Paul is saying. He's not saying, be like me. He's saying, be like Jesus, as I am trying to be like Jesus. So imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what he's saying. The focus. And so Jesus gives us two things. He gives us 
an illustration of a door and an illustration of a voice. Right? So we've got to make sure that the voices are coming through the one door. There's only one door that the voice should be coming through. And if you've opened up windows in your life to all sorts of other voices, if you've opened up the roof, if you've opened your life up to the stuff of this world, through the influences of this world and the voices that are coming in to speak into your life are all from all left, right and centre, you know that you're going to find yourself in chaos and that, that not so abundant list is going to grow. Yeah, that's just the truth of the matter, isn't it? And God says, no, but there's only one door, and that's me. You come in through the door, you go out through the door, come in and find safety. And, you know, and as you go out, what happens? The shepherd goes with you. That's what a shepherd does. He goes with the sheep. A good shepherd goes with the sheep. He doesn't say, okay, off you go. Now, didn't Jesus say, I will never leave you nor forsake you? He's identifying a shepherd who's a good shepherd who loves his sheep. Amen? That's what we're called to. Then he talks about the voice. Now, it's good to identify the enemy's voice as well as it is to identify Christ's voice because if you don't know the difference, sometimes you'll be listening to influences. And I want to use the word influences, not just voice, because you might be thinking, oh, it's all about hearing something. No, it's about what is impressioning you because the voice of God comes often through impressions, comes through senses, not just through a voice, not just through a word or a thought that comes into your head, but a whole manner of things. So it could be that the voice that you're listening to is a friend who's not really a friend, who's actually influenced more by the devil than by God, and they're creating an atmosphere that you're walking in. See, atmosphere can be a voice, the spiritual atmospheres that we walk in. And so I often think to myself, well, what atmosphere am I functioning in? What, what atmosphere am I allowed to be created around me? Is it a worship atmosphere? Is it an atmosphere of hope? Is it an atmosphere of praise? Is it an atmosphere of declaring God's truth? Or is it an atmosphere of, ugh? You ever been in those atmospheres where everything around you is like, everybody's just talking negative and, 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 and you can feel your spirit Sort of like, oh, man, you know. But that's when we've got to release the shalom, the power and authority to break chaos. Yeah? And if we're not strong enough to do that, we've just got to get out of that situation. Just get away from the chaos. Not let it land on us. You know, and sometimes we put up with situations and the most horrible situations. We, we listen to and watch some things that are so negative. You know, I was very surprised just this afternoon to see that the people who create one of my favourite ever shows, The Chosen, right? The Chosen is just like this incredible story about Jesus. So the creators of The Chosen were publicly online celebrating Halloween. Like literally, they, some, of the, some of the characters from The Chosen were dressing up in Halloween costume and they had a picture of that happening, you know, where they're putting makeup and stuff like that. And my heart sank because I thought, now, I'm not going to not watch the, the shows because they're incredible and they depict Jesus so well, but why? Why would we celebrate such an, such a, such an evil 
and tolerate it in a Christian home. And I know of many Christians who just are completely blind to the influence. And this is what this is about atmosphere. You see, you might think, oh, it's all simple, it's nothing. And it's like people who let their kids read Harry Potter or watch those movies. Have you noticed that they're dark? Have you noticed that they're actually evil? Have you noticed the influence that is stirred up behind that to create a culture that is aligned against God and with witchcraft? And so you get the kids while they're young. Do you know what a wolf will do if he's going out to the sheep pen? He's going to first of all go for the lambs. He'll try and single them away from the from the community of the sheep, the, the, the herd, not the herd, what are they called? The mob, <laughs> the mob of sheep. And he'll single out the, the weakest and take, because that's easy. A flock, not the mob. <laughs> Aussie way, the flock of sheep. Get the flock out of here, no. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so here's the thing, right? The, the wolf or the fox will look for the weakest link. The weakest link in community is the ones who are the most vulnerable, and so the enemy will always go after children first, right? Because if he can influence a child with trauma, with something that draws deep within them um, an an opening for pain, for, you know, and, and that's why so many adults today have on their list, their not so abundant list, Issues that relate back to childhood that have never been resolved. And God says, come on. I can go through every place in your timeline and help you with that and deal with the enemy, the, the, the foxes and the, the thief that has come in to steal, kill and destroy. And I can, I can bring the shalom that breaks the authority of chaos in that particular place, yeah? So the question in my mind, is what voices are we listening to? What influences are we exposing ourselves to so that we either build up this abundant list and decrease the not-so-abundant list or live continually out of chaos trying to do the things. So many... I was one of those who lived out of chaos trying to be a pastor for many years doing a reasonable job under the circumstances, seeing people getting saved, baptised, healed, set free, to a certain degree. But still, all of my functioning was out of a place of personal chaos. Because I didn't understand certain aspects of the relationship with God that, do you know that if, if this next generation grows up the way the enemy wants them to, we'll have a fatherless generation. We will have a fatherless generation. We'll have a generation that doesn't know what sex they are, that doesn't know who a good father is. Yeah? We'll have a whole generation, if the enemy gets his way, that will fear a relationship with a father because all they they think it is is either about getting a beating or being abandoned. You know, and that's what marriage breakup does. That's what all this sexism stuff does to a child growing up. Now, 
not taking anything away from mums, I, I had the most amazing mum. I still do. She's incredible. And mums are just amazing. And, and God has just gifted mums with this connection to their kids in a way that fathers could never have. Yet, God has given a role to a father that if it's done right, it can have such an incredible, powerful, nurturing process in a, in a, in a child's life growing up and even into adulthood. I know so many people and so many stories. Do you ever see the movies where the whole movie relates around this kid who just wanted their father's approval? And they're now 40 years of age and they're still struggling with it. You know, I, I used to work in drug and alcohol and, um, rehab centres with Wesley Mission and the amount of guys who turn to drugs because of a father's influence is incredible. So it makes sense to me that a lot of people will struggle to engage with God as the father. And if the enemy has his way, they'll never have that relationship with God as it ought to be, as it could be. And so when we read, Jesus, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, you know what, the, the first thing that the average person thinks of, uh, well, you know, I suppose I've got a few good things going on and I'm safe and that's pretty good. Yay. You know? But we're like, we're, we're often the one who doesn't want to engage fully because we don't think we're worth it. We don't think we're worthy. We don't think we're loved that much, that God would actually heal me that God would actually set me free, that God would actually love me enough to put me in a place where, oh, my body could be healed and my mind could be healed and my circumstances could be freed up and, and into another place. And I'll tell you this story. Um, this is an incredible true story of a friend of ours who um, pastor, been a pastor for almost 50 years. No, not that long, sorry. Um, I'd say probably 30 years of pastoring, but had a disease called Lyme disease for 45 years. Now, Lyme disease is a horrible disease because it imitates all these other diseases. And so you can have, you can have symptoms of a whole bunch of things going on in your life, but until you identify it as Lyme disease, you'll often think, I've got this disease, no I haven't, now I've got this disease, no I haven't, now I've got this disease. And all these things can go on in the same body all at once, or systematically throughout a period. And 45 years struggling with this, Oftentimes, I remember seeing her as a senior pastor of a church that, that I was very um, familiar with, um, having to go home in the middle of the service because she just couldn't get through the service, you know. It's like, oh, man. And then one day, she got up and declared, I'm healed. Completely, absolutely, 100%, unequivocally healed. And she said, I, I need to tell you the story of how this happened. And I'm not giving you names, but I'm just telling you the basics of the story because it may help somebody today. So she said that for many years, um, she'd been seeking healing and got a lot of people to pray for her and all that sort of thing. But this day, she got healed and got, no one touched her, no one prayed for her. She just had an encounter with God. She was at the front of the service one day and uh, she started having an open eye vision and she was standing in front of a big lobby shop. And it was full of all these lollies. And she's standing out there going, whoa, look at all these lollies. And, uh, in, and, and the, the storekeeper opened the door and said, come in. Take, take whatever you like. And she's like, wow. So she goes in and she picks out a nice lolly, one of her favourites, and grabs it and walks, goes to walk out the door. And the shopkeeper says, 
where are you going? I'm going to eat my lolly. Um, there's a lot of lollies here and they're beautiful. And why did you only pick one? Well, just so that, well, there might not be enough for everybody else. And he said, well, I didn't tell you that there was anybody else. I just said, come in, take whatever you like. And she suddenly got a realisation that she really didn't think she was worthy of the lollies. And she didn't think that they could all possibly be for her. That's impossible. How, that, how would that be possible? So she felt like taking one lolly was good enough. And the Lord rebuked her and said, I didn't come to, you know, just give you a little bit. I came to give you everything that you need. And she had to repent. She just said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I haven't actually believed you. That you actually love me enough to heal me, to set me free, to give me what I need and what I desire. And, and it was in that moment that she was just surrendering to God again, having had this revelation that suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon her and she was healed. And, and, and she said, I really feel that the Lord wants us to know that there are so many of us that don't believe that we're worthy of receiving from the Lord. And it might be because of a breakdown in a father relationship. It might be that our whole life is just stuck in chaos. We don't believe that we're worthy of abundant life. We don't believe that it's possible that we could live in a place where either our body or our mental health or our situation could be well. And I believe that God wants us to get to a place where we believe that the abundant life that he talks about is actually for us today. Ephesians 3.20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Abundant life is about so much more than we can possibly imagine. But in reality, Jesus identified sheep who just all they got to do is be with the shepherd. If you're with the shepherd, you've got everything you need as a sheep, right? Because you, you've got your protection, you've got your community, you've got your feet, you've got your house, you've got... What else do you need? You just need to get a good shearing every now and then to get the big woolly wool off and that's all you need. So the sheep has to, doesn't have to worry about where to get food from, doesn't have to worry about where it gets its, its, its shelter from. The, the sheep doesn't have to worry about the wolves. All it has to worry about is where's the shepherd. That's all the sheep has to worry about. Where's the shepherd? I've just got to be around the shepherd. I've just got to be guided by the shepherd. I've just got to be with the shepherd. Then I'm okay. And I feel like for us tonight, abundant life is keyed into that very same thing. The one who is the door. The voice whom we are to know. All we have to do is say, where's the shepherd? Where's Jesus? 
I just have to have my life centered around Jesus. And all this chaos, if the shalom of heaven is on Jesus and he's in me, then the shalom of heaven becomes a part of who I am. What does that shalom do? It breaks the authority of chaos. Brings us into abundance. Will we have all our needs met? Yes. Will that look the way we always wanted to? Maybe not. It might not equate to all our deepest desires and dreams. And there might be reasons for that. God might take the slow road with some of us in certain areas because he wants to teach us or show us something. But I can guarantee you one thing. He's not the author of chaos. He's not the thief. He's not the one seeking to kill, steal and destroy. He's the one who came to bring life and life abundant. And so as we surrender, we surrender all the stuff on our chaos list. We just hand it over. We just lay it at his feet and say, you know what, God? I don't need that. That's not me. That's not my life. And we just surrender, yeah? That's what I believe that Jesus is on about here. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Amen? I just think that's a beautiful statement. That is true. All right, I'm going to finish up now because I feel like I've said enough. I want to, just as a wrap-up, say, just, just to bring something a little bit light in at the end here. Um, so Sheik and I went and saw a movie called Rams. Such a good movie. You've got to go see it. If, if, you, if you like Australian films, go and see it. And uh, it's about this, this, these guys who have sheep. And uh, one of them, like Jesus, he talks to this sheep. Right? And the sheep know his voice. And it's just, it's just this little moment that's just kind of funny. And he's always talking to his sheep. And this moment where he's, he's at this show where he's showing his best ram. And, uh, and he's leaning over to talk to his ram. And... Uh, and just as he's talking to his ram, this lady walks past who's a judge. And he leans down and he goes to the, sh- to the ram, you're gorgeous. <laughs> this. And she stops, she goes, excuse me? He goes, oh, uh, I was talking to the ram. <laughs> and she's like, mm, okay. And then moves on, see. A little bit later on in the story, they end up connected. And she thinks it's quite amusing that he talks to the sheep. So she buys him a gift. And, and he's sitting there, it's a book. And he's lying in his, book, in, his, in his armchair. And he's got the book over the top of his chest. And, and you can, the camera zooms in and it's got written, The Good Shepherd. The guy who talks to his sheep. And I just, I thought it was so amusing. But the, the, the crux of this story was that the shepherd was all about saving the sheep. The Good Shepherd was all about saving the sheep. And I just felt like it's just an incredible prophetic little story. And, uh, and for us today, as we remember what Jesus has done, as we focus on him and have our eyes fixed on the shepherd, we just know that's where our abundant life comes from. And if we don't feel worthy, we've got to take that to the Lord too. 
and lay it down and say, okay, what is it that stops me from being able to embrace this abundant life? And again, abundant life isn't about how big your house is, how much money you've got in the bank. It's not about physical wealth or prosperity because we know that sheep don't need any of those things. Abundant life is being with the shepherd and having everything that you need in him. Amen? So, when it comes to walking out this life, you know, whether it's doing the things that Jesus did, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the revivals, being a part of any of that, if we're doing it from a place of chaos, it's not going to last, friends. It can't last. We might as well just pack up, sit down, and say, okay, God, what's going on? But if we want to get into a place where our life is released as God has it to be released, let's have and make sure that we have the shepherd as our focal point. And then everything that he wants to do through us, he will be able to do. Amen? Cool. All right, let's pray and we'll just wrap this up. Father, we just thank you. I thank you for this word that is so alive. John 10, 10. Wow. You came to give us life and life abundantly. Lord, would we be drawn into that abundance today? Lord, I, I, I just, I receive your abundance. All that I need is in you, Father. All that I need is in the shepherd. All that I need is in your walk. And I pray, Father God, that for each one of us, we would learn to walk with you every day. Not to do anything, not to, to be like Moses said, I'm not going anywhere without you without your presence. And Jesus, you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that's what a good shepherd would do. But that doesn't mean that we can't leave you and and, and forget about you and focus on our own stuff. Lord, we don't want to do that anymore. And I just pray, Father God, that you draw us back to a place where that is our reality. That your abundance is full upon each one of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Awesome, guys. Well, bless you. I hope that that was a blessing. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. God bless.